Welcome to episode 90 Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Winter in November Munro, and I'm joined tonight by Keelan, Wolfenstein 2 Cutscene Simpson, and Simon Sinnoh Remakes Evan. Evans. <laughs> plural. There's multiple Evans. Appropriate. The more the merrier. Lovely. How you guys going? Oh, yeah, man. I find it funny that you're like, winter in November. Ah, as if that's weird. But my brain's like, yeah, obviously. Why yeah, wouldn't it be? And what about it? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> duh. That's <laughs> the default setting. Oh. No. <laughs> what no, a no, northern-centric view of the world you have. Okay. My, my northern on, hemisphere brain is like, uh, uh. Hey, look, if you if you want to make this a UK podcast, I have an accent, okay? I'm locked, <laughs> locked and loaded, okay? <laughs> Hello, welcome to story mode. <laughs> the shit thing I've pale, ever heard. pale mode. <laughs> That's like the war with the UK. How are we doing? Oh. <sighs> Better now that you're not doing the accent, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Thank I, you. It may it may spring up at any time <sighs> in this episode. Look, you know what? I was gonna do it in my head. I'm like, I can't say in this episode in an accent. Which, let's not even call it an accent, it is just an, aff- an affront to God. It's, it's an insult to human perception. What do I like to do? I like to insult. Guys, I have been busy this weekend. What have you okay? been doing? a lot of driving, back and forth. Slowly putting my room back together. Okay, moved house. Had all my figures and such up. But now I'm putting them back. And I've realized... I heard a lot of dumb, dumb shit. <laughs> You've only just, just pointless bullshit. Only just Jesse. I mean, Keelan, <laughs> shut up, Mister. Like, slowly, Keelan's background. Um, for audio listeners, you can see all this on twitch.tv forward slash story mode AUS. But the, your background slowly becoming more and more full as you get this IKEA bookshelf and speakers and Jesse, such. Jesse, this is all I own in my life. Everything of value Aww. I have, you can see. This is so that, to Aww. discourage people from robbing me because nothing here is <laughs> worth anything. Oh, dear. Whereas in my case, it's just full of clutter and shit. And also see, I'm, a few really I'm doing cool a, bit a, uh, a bit of a Goldilocks situation. I'm trying to be best of both worlds. Mm. You guys. Yeah. Dude, you've oh, got some... Simon, what have you been up to? So- oh, sorry, well. Jesse. I, I must oh, say... Oh. You've got some cool stuff there, so thanks, man. Don't yeah, you do like hide away from it. It's freaking awesome. You can't see it, so I've got I've got there's punish punish snake back there, and I'm not talking about my penis and my teens. You know what I mean? Nice. There's a punish snake statue behind me. Play Arts Kai one, and he's meant to have a pistol in his hand. I've got him in the CQC style. He's got his knife. And he's meant to have a pistol. I've lost the pistol. So if you look really carefully, he's just kind of giving you the thumbs up with one hand holding a knife in the other. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how Phantom Pain should have ended. Okay, instead of not, instead of <laughs> just not having Just a thumbs ending. up at the end, like, cheers. <laughs> I mean, it would have been better than the real ending. But anyway, I digress. Simon, how's, how's your weekend been? What, do you, what have you been up to? Uh, I um, went to a place called Bounce uh, yesterday with a couple the of The trampoline friends. place? Yes, the trampoline place. Oh, nice. And... Last time I went, I fucked up my ankle and couldn't walk properly for about four weeks. Um, don't walk, jump. Yeah. Unfor- Problem solved. Unfortunately, I don't think that helps when you tear a ligament in your ankle. Uh, yeah. so, I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor. I can't argue with that. So I was uh, looking forward to going back there and, you know, sort of getting back into it. And 
holy shit, I'm, I felt old within about five minutes. I'm like, oh, it's so tiring. Oh, it takes so much energy. Oh, my shoulder hurts a little bit and stuff like that. One of my friends did unfortunately injure themselves a, a fair bit. Like their, their back really hurt um, after about 15 minutes. So they had to sit out and... I Ouch. made a fair use of the two hours, got a good full hour in, and then the second hour started, and there was just an army of children. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to end up accidentally booting one of these fuckers in the head, so I'm not going to risk Could've it. Could have done it. So, uh, yeah, you know what? You're injured. Could have answered it, hate. <laughs> answered that age-old question, how many 11-year-olds can you fight at once? Honestly, if I'm on a trampoline, quite a lot of them. <laughs> Quite a lot of eleven-year-olds, if need be. Just batter them. Who needs you? Who needs your ankle ligament? Actually, all of them, all of them are trampling recently. I went to uh, an Airbnb. I went away for a little bit of a trip recently to Dalesford, which is like a semi-country town in Victoria. Beautiful place. And the the house we rented out with a few, we we all there was like eight of us. So we got a really fancy place. I had a tennis court, I had a pool. Also nice. had in-ground trampolines. The last time I was on a trampoline, I had two beers in my hand. And man, I was living my best life. That's oh, why yeah. my brain doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, and mm, then, yeah, I, I picked up the uh, Legend of Zelda 35th Anniversary Game & Watch, um, which is still sat in its box. I've, <laughs> I tried to open Absolute it. I, slot for nostalgia. I couldn't open it up, and I'm like, fuck it. You know what? You just sit on the shelf now. I'll worry about you later. So it's been sat there. Yeah. All right. What about you, Kills? What's been keeping you busy? Uh, well, I've been uh, attempting to play a few video games here and there. Um, played oh, yeah, a little bit of Forza. A little bit of something else as well, Jesse, that you convinced me to play. A little, so how are you liking Legend of Suit Larry? It's, you know... <laughs> Um, wet dreams wet die dreams. twice, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> wet dreams die twice. <laughs> I thought, what is it? Wet dreams don't die. It's wet. It's wet dreams distance. Mm. <laughs> dream drop. <laughs> wet dream drop. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this it's is right. getting too much. I'm so this sorry. I don't like it. Um, but I've been playing those video games alongside one other which I started playing again for no particular reason other than um, the fact that it has been out for about a year now and I've been telling myself that whole year that I'm going to really give it a proper good crack that whole time. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. So, yeah, I got some thoughts and stuff about that. We actually spoke about this last week Um, at at work. We we both started talking about Cyberpunk for no particular reason. And said we both like playing it. So yeah. I'm just going to say that I inceptioned you into playing well, you it. Can. You're welcome, CD Projekt Red. Well, I'm. It's been installed on my on computer the for the past two months. But anyway. look, let's not let's not let's not dilly dally there. Has okay for one. Does the game now work? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck now. Um, it works for me and my stupid, expensive, ultra powerful yeah. computer. I don't know how it works okay. for anyone else. So wait, is is it? Because you did play it a little bit last year when it came out. It's, it's almost been smack bang in 12 months since it came out. Is it noticeably different? It A, um, I've upgraded my computer since I first tried to run it. So it, it's, uh, yes, running, yeah, yeah. it's running better. Um, so that's, that's nice. I've noticed one or two little cosmetic bugs. Nothing serious. There's no T posing. One or two is a fair, fair upgrade. No, it's it's 
it's literally like um, someone crushes, crosses the threshold from um, a floor into a lift and they just jump slightly and then it's normal again and it lasts a split second. It's like that type of thing that I've been noticing. Um, it's yeah, It's been running flawlessly. I've probably put in this weekend maybe about four or five hours and I'm honestly, guys, I'm really enjoying this game now. With the distance that we have from the the discourse, you know, and after nope. experiencing a few other games, sorry, Keelan went full Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, then glitched out. Oh yeah. no! Oh well, you back now. I don't know what you what you heard last. Uh, with with the distance from the discourse, right? Okay, so with the distance from the discourse, as well as a few other additional experiences over the years, a few different games that I've played in the past twelve months, this game is so much better than. I thought it was. I really did not give it due, like justice at the time. Um, and I think I have Far Cry 6 to thank for that. <laughs> Far Cry 6 is a <laughs> shit game. Be worse. It's a shit game. I'm playing Cyberpunk. I can't believe oh, I haven't picked it up again. That, that's my biggest disappointment of the year. Mm. By, that, I put that on the same pinnacle, I guess. It's in the same hole, I guess, same as hole. Cyberpunk for biggest disappointments. Yep. Because I'm, I'm a Far Cry shell. Yep. I adore the game. Mm. And the worst thing about number six is you play it. And I, I see the elements of Far Cry that I love. I see new things of interest that I should love, but none of it meshes together. Dude, it's because it's just, it's, it's a mixture of being soulless and chaotic. It just, it, it pushes you away and then literally emails you asking you to fucking play it more. Yeah, what the no, fuck is up with that? No, get out of my my hotmail because I refuse to give Ubisoft my Gmail account. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Uh, seriously, anyway, what we'll, is up with we'll that? Go that through, that's, um, that's pretty fucked. We'll go through a bit of a further discussion about those sort of games later on when we do our Story Mode Awards uh, later in December. Speaking of awards, uh, segue, yeah. the Game Award nominations... Um, were came out uh, early last week. Um, Game Awards being the Oscars, the, the fuck the Oscars um, of, of the gaming landscape. Nice reference. And you know, it's like it, it is sort of the definitive awards of the year. Everyone does their own little one, but it is a definitive one. So we thought we'd go through some a few of the categories. There's like thirty categories. Some of them are just there to fill up space. Uh, we thought we'd just pick a few and go through some of the nominations and see what we think. Starting off at the top. Game of the Year, we have Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. First up, what do we think is going to win there? Out of the, out of the, out of the games they've given us, now again, these were voted on by, by the fans, um, and you can go then vote for your winner um, at the Game Awards website, I don't know, gameawards.net, I don't know what the fuck they're at. Um, what do you think is going to win out of these uh, GameAwards.com, uh, by the way. The Game Awards. The Game Awards. Goddamn shell. No, no, I, oh, I was just Jeff. on a webpage that happened to have a link to the official website, so I thought I'd pull that up. I'm going to guess Simon for you. Metro Dread? Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, now, Keelan, I know you haven't played many. Actually, no, there's one game I think you, you've played a fair bit of here. Um, would you be leaning to what it takes two? Or Metroid? It Takes Two was my favorite game experience of the past year, for sure. But yeah. th- there's something in me that says that it's not 
game of the year material. I don't know why. Like, I think because I, I mean game of the year that's that I mean that's the problem in itself. Mm. It is game it of the is. year always steers towards the big triple A title. I yeah. know last yes. year we had a bit something a bit different with Hades, but that was an exception. Every other year it's been the big blockbuster triple A narrative driven game, and, and that's what makes uh, me say that this that that even though I had an amazing time with It Takes Two, I thought Psychonauts Two was just really really uninteresting. Resident Evil oh, Village was, eh, you know, um, Metroid Dread was great, and that's that's probably what I think will end up taking it out overall. I agree. I think that's the game that will take it out. However, my personal game of the year isn't even on the list. I think there's been three notable exclusions from Hitman. this list, and they Hitman. Hitman's my game of the year. The more and more okay. I think about it, Hitman Three has just left a permanent impression on me. It's not a bark in the back of my neck, but though it could be. I'm getting bold. Um, <laughs> but games left on the Returnal? How, how is Returnal on this list? I, From a gameplay, technical standpoint, sound design, just everything. Yeah. That that game was a big moment this year, and it just burnt out. I think one of the reasons is maybe because of its difficulty. The first boss in the game's really goddamn hard, and I think a lot of people loved it, just couldn't sink into it. I think um, you... Then we have... Got, sorry, go. Uh, no, no, you go ahead with the last one and then I'll bring up my, my point. Forza Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon 5? I know it just came out and they have a certain cutoff point. Um, that's why maybe some superior awards, such as the Story Mode Awards, wait till the end of the year because a lot of games come out toward, you know, later later in the year. So we'll actually have Forza and Halo in our, in our voting, which will be made available quite soon at Story Mode AUS on Twitter. Oh, save that in the end, didn't I? Jesse, um, I think the reason that Forza 5 wasn't nominated is because there's yeah. just inherent hesitance. It's glitched out again. Cyberpunk. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. This might be an ongoing problem. No, you're no, 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 fine. It. It's okay. That's fine. I give a shit. Um, I think uh, the reason Forza Horizon 5 wasn't nominated is because there's always just this hes- hesitancy from people around the fact that is it is primarily a driving game, or at least from visually yeah. like if you from from an outsider's perspective it's a driving game it's not it's an open world game and that's its own genre i think and driving so is just the how, medium that you interact with the open world um it's so weird that like a racing game is almost a, like you know you consider it almost a niche genre especially mm, nowadays yes. there aren't that many racing games but then it had one of the most successful launches in xbox history so it's like I just, is it? Are we just kind of ignoring that? I, I think so. What's with the discrepancy? Gen- here? I've I, spoken to to people, and that has been their perspective. They're like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not really a driving game person." Like, dude, yeah. this is so much more than that. Give it a go. But, but with that being said, because I I feel that way about Forza. Like, I don't care for driving games. I've tried several, and I personally prefer the more arcadey style sorts of games, like your Mario Karts, and you know that sort of less serious i've rated racing games yeah you're right yeah, yeah like it's <laughs> not not a proper racing game really is it it's it's you know a bit more silly um and so forza sort of sits in this weird spot for me where every single time a new forza game comes out i'm like oh yeah that looks pretty cool Nah, but it there's nothing that's pulling me into it other than the fact that like graphically it, it looks incredible oh, oh, and it cannot so be understated and obviously i'm not much of a graphics person in comparison to things like gameplay but god damn you've got to appreciate that like that is a and i think almost for that alone like it's 
such a statement this year. I think when you know years from now, when you look back on the on the year that is twenty twenty one, the games that come out, Forza is going to be a standout moment. Mm. How, how, how does it not? I think limiting your game of the year awards to six games is we're going to feel the pain of that next year because next year is stacked. And I I know a lot of the games that were nominated for like uh, game of the year. Um, sorry, the most anticipated game for, for this year, which we'll get to that list in a moment. Um, you know, they got delayed and stuff like that. All of these big, big games are booked in for early next year. So I think even if they get delayed, they'll still be within the window for game of the year. Yeah. yeah. So you got Horizon, God of War, Elden Ring, stuff like that, which is, is you're going to have some massive, massive games next year that mm-hmm. miss out. I, th- I just don't think that six is is fair. I would love to see that extend out to 10, like a certain, a certain uh, video game podcast does. A wink, Jeff Keighley, a wink. <laughs> so you can throw in some indie games. Throw, yeah. throw in some, le- like, because, look, are they going to win Game of the Year? Maybe not. But be able to say that you were nominated, having mm. that on your cover art, be able to put it out there as, as promotion for, the, you know, get some attention to your game and help push a sequel, that's invaluable to a small company. Mm. Uh, it's a real shame because there's been some great indie games. Admittedly, I haven't played many of them this year, been, which is my own fault. But games like, you know, even even not like four indie games, like you know, it takes two should be in there. I would love to see Kina, um, British Spirits on there. Yeah. I'm hearing nothing but um, good things about the Alpha Escape. I really want to play Alpha mm. Escape. Love to see stuff like that on the list, but <laughs> fuck me, hey, don't worry about us. <sighs> anyway, moving on to the next category: best action slash adventure game. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. I do. I like this category. Uh, it's a tricky one for me, this one. It's a uh, weird I think one. If Metroid Dread doesn't win Game of the Year, I think it'll win this. Yeah. But my personal vote would be... Oh, can, it, can we have draws? Can we have a draw? No, oh, fucking no, 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 no. You can't Let's have a you. draw. That's silly. Keelan, when you start introducing the podcast, you can start making the rules, okay? I'm going to make the rules so you can't have draws. So why did you ask? apart. Oh, just just courtesy. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Guardians of Galaxy. <laughs> I played more Guardians last night. I'm so, actually, I, I, maybe I'm going to wind that back a little bit. I played a bit more Guardians of the Galaxy yesterday, and I realized that that game, the combat, really bad in confined spaces, really bad. Mm. But the story still, and the and the, uh, the dialogue still holds up. Anyway, um, oh, Jesse, yeah, it, it, it's a tricky one there, but Guardians or, or Ratchet. I've heard a I lot just, of feedback around Guardians. Sorry, Sai. Um, no, just quickly on that topic about yeah, the combat is is so eh. and um yeah. it, it, it's 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 an unpleasant experience because of it and the dialogue and the storytelling that narrative thing is just always on always a plus no 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 yeah. it's yeah. it's no what i mean is it's always happening there is always dialogue it's never quiet oh, yeah. there's always someone speaking to me that that is the that would make me feel so overwhelmed it makes me feel like i'm at work uh, I, I was listening to another podcast, you mean, that but, but you de- like these people that described. These uh, I was listening to another podcast that described your role as Peter Quill in the Guardians of the Galaxy game as properly as a manager, as managing <clears throat> these incompetents around you who can't do I mean, anything. They've got a knife, and Gamora's like, "What do I do with these knives?" And Peter's like, 
okay, use it to stab that guy over there. But that's the point. Like, that's his role within the team. He, he's, he's the captain. Yeah, that, he's the leader that of the That sucks the to me that you have to tell them Get to do here. that. Go vote that, for Resident Evil Village. That makes Village, no sense. Bitch. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. This is such so who would you, who, 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 what could you vote? This is such a hard one. Action, adventure. When, when you say action slash adventure like that, that to me screams like a platforming game. Yeah, and Ratchet and Clank yeah. made a huge impression. Um, so I think it's I gonna think, go there. Like, Resident Evil Village just doesn't fit here for me. It's, it's an it's no, an odd one. And no, that's, that's no, what no. I was gonna get at. Was like, I feel like it's such a weird choice for action slash adventure. I get it that hmm. you know the the Resident Evil games always toe the line between horror and action. Action. Then you know they've always gone back and forth on that. And that's kind of like, you know, Resident Evil 7 was way more horror than it was action. Whereas, you know, Village is a bit more into the action side of things. But, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I just I think, I think it's such it a weird It doesn't do justice choice. to the game. No. Because no. you got games like Guardians, Psychonauts, and Ratchet, which I classify as adventure. Yeah. Because they're, they're very heavy with narrative. And then Metro Dread, I consider more of an action because the narration there is, is lighter than the other games. But the gameplay is action-packed when, yeah. when it's... Every, you know, when it's every single moments. thing about Metroid Dread like, is so finely tuned that the whole game is just momentum and momentum mm. and momentum from start to finish. Um, and, you know, you, you don't get that with, like, Ratchet and Clank as an example because the way the story and the gameplay intertwine is different. And it doesn't constantly build up. It's got its slight lulls. It's got its like moments where it decompresses a bit and gives you as a player a bit of a break. So, yeah, I feel like if Dread doesn't win uh, Game of the Year, it should win, win this, yeah. this. And if uh, Dread does win Game of the Year, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is probably going to win this one. Now, keep in mind that... He's so happy with that. Keep in mind that your votes don't actually decide this either this is done by a panel of judges that we don't see it's like an election yeah kind of <laughs> kind of um but obviously it does affect the community <laughs> vote so that is that's something that we'll come back to as well like an election <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay let's, let's barrel through the next few next few because we have some other other news to get through best family game now this has always been a very nintendo centric category in the past few years and we have we have a an interloper this year which i think will take it away uh, the nominations are Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, WarioWare Get It Together, and It Takes Two, which I think will win convincingly. If it doesn't, I will riot, and so will Joseph Farris, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Fuck the Game Awards, you'll say. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so It Takes Two gets your vote, Keel, I'm guessing here? 100%. Simon? I haven't played... I out of all of those, I've only played New Pokemon Snap and Super Mario 3D World. I feel like justifiably it takes two should win, but I have my doubts yeah. as to whether or not it can snatch it away from Nintendo. Cause I've played yeah. little bits of all these. Little bits. Um and to be honest, none of the Nintendo games here deserve to win it. They've I, all I would been agree. fine. I would agree. They've been they've been fine. They've been pretty. A lot of them were quite flat for, I think, um, for Nintendo games. And you look Wario at something like you know, New Pokemon Snap. And mm. It's like I thought that was in hindsight that wasn't that great. It is very fun, but it's also very tedious. Yeah, 
Um, all right, next category. <laughs> Best indie. Now, a lot of your games I haven't played, and I need to, but one game I played in this list, one little in indie game, sorry, some big Hollywood talent, guys. Why do I have to read the words 12 minutes again? <laughs> Why do I have to see that game being nominated? The game was... Anyway. Nominations are 12 minutes. Death, Death's Door. Inscription. Kena Bridge of Spirits. And uh, Loop Hero. Now, just a fun little fact here. A little, little, little side note here. And I think there's a bit of discussion about having Death's Door and Loop Hero. Both by games from Devolver Digital. Devolver constantly rules the, the nominations for the for best indie games. Incredible team. Absolutely incredible team. But they are really kind of muddling the waters, I, th I think, when it comes to an indie title. This company was recently floated for $1 billion. That's not... <laughs> when I envision an indie company, and this again, this could be my own fault, and I think maybe just... Over time, we'll start to reevaluate as a sort of a community, I guess, what an indie title or an indie developer is because they are a different beast now. More attention's been put on indie developers, therefore more money comes into it. They still are independent. But what exactly does that mean nowadays? Well, <laughs> anyway, that's just me. Okay. I just saw that. I just thought, it's, it's, it's there's one. There's one nomination on here that I want to completely replace, right? You said it before, 12 minutes, not that great. Get the fuck out of here. Right? Where the hell is unpacked? Right? That is an incredible little indie game. When did it come out? Uh, let me. It was like a few it weeks was, it ago. Was, it, it was around the same time as Forza. Look, without doing any research here, because we're not that sort of podcast, there must be some sort of cutoff. There must be some sort of cutoff yeah, with yeah, games being games. nominated. Uh, it must have just missed cutoff then. So hopefully it is next year, because I've heard really good things. I have it, I have it now downloaded on Game Pass, and I'm, I'm ready to. Ready to play it's, it. It's not that it's miss cutoff. Um, like no, Forza didn't miss cutoff. It's in other categories. It's been nominated. Oh, it is, isn't yeah. it? <sighs> so, uh, yeah, know. I'm packing. I got questioned. I'm packing. Release date was the second of November. Look, this is a these are all nominations of community voted. So you know, what, everyone, I have some fucking complaints. <laughs> okay, all right. I have some issues with all of you. Yeah. I feel like I feel like um, what's George Costanza's dad's name? I feel like Frank and Frank Costanza on Festivus. <laughs> I'm going to air my grievances with all of you. <laughs> but I think of these games, the one that I want to win this is Keena Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. I think it's Ember Labs has such a bright, uh, Ember Labs, gonna, such a bright future ahead of them. I think they're going to be a very, very big developer in years to come. Um, and they will release something great. Cause I heard very, very good things about Keena. Obviously it has it had a few issues. Um, but had had that certain charm to it, which just makes me happy. I like, and I, it scratched a certain part of my brain, which I really liked. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, next up to a category I think is a little bit broken this year. Um, best multiplayer game. We got Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, and New World. The reason I think it's a bit broken is Back for Blood is basically just. Left it's, for dead. it's more of the same. Left for dead. It's left for dead, but, which is which is fine. But I is was this year's multiplayer sort of bounty so kind of blur that it was worthy of nomination. New World is that Amazon Basics game, which is broken. It's still fucked. 
Um, I know a lot of people got into it early on. They sunk a lot of time into it and it just didn't go anywhere and it, it's died off. And then you got it, it Takes Two, which I, I think will win here. Knockout City, which looked fun as hell, but just unfortunately just didn't really kick off with the community. Um, and then Monster Hunter Rise, which and I know it has multiplayer in it, but I don't think of it as a multiplayer game. And Valheim. Because that's its main focus. Valheim, Valheim yeah. Um, oh, Valheim nominated as well? Yeah. Huh. I well, think... Look how good I am. Valheim should win. I think Valheim deserves would to win. I would hope it, it wins. However, I think most likely it will be Monster Hunter Rise, just kind of by default. Because uh, if you take away some of the, I guess, slightly lesser known games, you've got Back for Blood, Monster Hunter Rise, and New World. Those are the big three. I just don't, like... Those are the three heavyweights. New World, as you said, it's pretty broken. It's in a very interesting state at the moment, especially as a very new MMO. Um, it's in a very weird space. And the d- development team, you know, Amazon, are doing what they can to try and... They're, they're doing a lot of quick sort of patch fixes, but they'll patch one thing and, and another leak will open up. And it's and look, very... That's fine, but that this. doesn't... That just shows that this shouldn't be nominated. And look... Monster Hunter Rise shouldn't be nominated for Best Multiplayer Game. This is kind of like The Martian winning Best Comedy a few years ago. It had jokes in it, sure, but it wasn't a comedy. I, Monster I, Hunter I, Rise has multiplayer, but I don't. you don't see it. Its main I thing is not a multiplayer game. I disagree. Monster Hunter has always... You disagree always, just because you wanted no, to win another award. No, Monster Hunter has always been a multiplayer-centric franchise. The best... Like... In the single-player versions of any Monster Hunter game, generally speaking, you can get one or two levels essentially done. Um, So in Monster Hunter Rise, you can get low rank done. You can do low rank. In multiplayer, you can do low rank and high rank and some extra difficult quests. And that is where the meat of the content is. It is all multiplayer-centric. I think. I mean, that's why I can't get into Monster Hunter Rise now. I, I don't like. I love playing like World, and again, this is a, this is a separate topic completely. I love playing World by myself. I don't like playing these sort of games with with other people. Maybe that's why I, I I can never truly get into the franchise. Anyway, next category: best original score slash music. We have The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant. Uh as much as like I've heard really good things about the Awful Escape, it is based on music. That game, the way Guardians uses licensed music, I think licensed music can be such a crutch in games. Mm. Um, you just kind of chuck it in, it patches over things. This song's recognizable, therefore I like it. I'm having fun because of the fun I associate with the song, not as much the gameplay. I haven't seen licensed music used so effectively um, in, in a game. With oh, those huddles, man, those huddles. But it just conveys emotion perfectly. It feels like the actual way music is used in a film. It conveys emotion a lot better. Uh, so I, I think Guardians walks away with that one. Uh, although, and look, the game as a whole really did disappoint me. Deathloop has the best theme song, but then some really, really shitty moments in game with just repetitive loops of music, which. Ugh, that should, game should have been better. Anyway. I really, really should play The Artful Escape. It seems like it'd be right up my alley. Mm. Um, but I, I've just got a shout out. Having been playing, played Cyberpunk for five, six hours now, like this week, um, 
the music is incredible. It's really freaking good. Grimes on stage to get the award. The, the combat music is freaking sick. It gets you pumped <laughs> yeah. as hell. It is awesome. Look, you're not mm. wrong about that. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate that it was nominated. I don't think it's going to win. Um, but, no. Yeah. Um, as a bit of a Square Enix fan, I do think... What? I mean, not not the company as a whole, generally, <laughs> but uh, near Replicant. I've never played a near game, but holy crap, those soundtracks are incredible. Every single near game has fantastic soundtracks. Like near mm. Automata, Automata, however the hell you want to pronounce it, that has one of the most gut wrenching. Oh, there's a song called like the Robot Garden or something like that. Yeah. Isn't it? There are so oh. many incredible songs that just listening to them without any context for the gameplay or where there is in the story just invoke so much emotion. So Nia being nominated doesn't surprise me. However, again, this is decided by a panel of judges, so I don't think we'll quite appreciate it. And I do feel like the second best option is Marvel uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that is going to win it. And another, I, I, another square game for you. I don't think it is an unfair win for Guardians of the Galaxy either. I do agree with your points, Jess. Not at all. Oh, and then just as a little bonus round, I was just to... Uh, I think this year I was worried we're going to have kind of a weaker year of games because of the effects of COVID. Um, still kind of lingering. A lot of things have been pushed back. Development cycles have changed, blah, blah, blah. It was a very up... Uh, much, very much a year of upheaval. We've had some incredible games come out this year. It's been fantastic. This has been a really enjoyable year of games. But I looked back on the uh, one of the categories, and it's one of the dumber categories that oh look we do as well. It's what's your most anticipated game for next year? That's so awarding games that haven't even released yet. Um, and look, <laughs> this, this is last year's, and so many of these games are are on the most anticipated for next year this year. <laughs> so in twenty nineteen. The list of most anticipated games, the games that we thought were going to come out this year, were Elden Ring, God of War sequel. It was unannounced what the God of War sequel was going to be. Halo Infinite, Horizon Forbidden West, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel, and Resident Evil Village. One of those games came in within the, the kind of the time frames for nominations this year. And then Halo Infinite comes out you know, early to mid-December. Elden Ring won that. Elden Ring comes out what next March? Mm, yeah. God of War doesn't have a we don't have an exact date in it, and Forbidden West is same like March or so, um, and Breath of the Wild probably mid mid year. Just shows it's such a dumb category. Anyway, totally. and that, that made me laugh a little bit. Onto a story that didn't make me laugh. A really shitty story that I thought we'd hit the fucking bottom with, but we haven't. We just keep going deeper and deeper into it. Um, I'm going to keep this one brief because we've, we've gone over this a number of times. Uh, I'm just going to read straight from, uh, this is via Polygon because Wall Street Journal has a uh, paywall and I don't <laughs> want to give them money. Um, last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that Activision chief Bobby Kotick, Kotick, who gives a fuck, despite what he told his company's board of directors, in fact knew of allegations of employees' sexual misconduct, including a rape allegation, and minimized the problem to Activision's corporate governance. The report also said that following the journal's inquiry regarding a 2017 sexual harassment claim against Dan Bunting, the co-head of Call of Duty developer Treyarch, Bunting quit the studio. The journal said that Activision's original internal probe of the matter, which recommended that Bunting be fired, ended with Kotick 
intervening to save his job. Uh, now, this is all following a, a case put forward by the California's uh, Department of Fair Employment and Housing earlier this year, uh, claiming harassment and discrimination occurring at Activision slash Blizzard. There have been calls for Bobby to step aside or be fired at a cannon into the sun or something. Something needs to happen. Um, this seems to be, I'm hoping, it needs to be the camel, the, the, the camel that breaks the straw's back. The straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm. Um, so since this newest, these newest allegations have come out, um, almost 2,000 Activision slash Blizzard workers have endorsed the petition demanding Kodak's resignation. The public petition is up to almost 15,000. Okay. Um, at last time I checked, Jim Ryan, Sony's chief executive for PlayStation, sent a note to employees referencing the story's latest developments on Tuesday and said Activision Blizzard had, quote, has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment. Uh, Xbox boss Phil Spencer also messaged his employees about the Wall Street Journal's report, saying he and others on the management team are, quote, disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard. So you have the two heads of the of PlayStation and Xbox coming out saying, this is fucked. I, I don't understand what Activision slash Blizzard are, tr- are doing right now. They cannot continue with him and a lot of the other board members, but let's just focus on him for now, Bobby, on that board. He cannot keep staying there. Activision was once a great company. I used to be excited to play their games. Uh, same with Blizzard. Yeah. They, they, were, they were sort of the, the benchmark for a while for good games. Yeah. They, yeah. they were the games you wanted to play. They were the ones you spoke to your friends about. They would never, ever get close to that with someone like him on the board. The, how, like, look, we got workers already walking out on, on strike. Community backlash has been massive. Stock prices have gone way down. Sales have gone way down. You have Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer coming out and saying, what the fuck is happening over there? And look, I think a lot of people come out and said, oh, well, you know, Xbox and Sony should just cut up their contracts. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. unfortunately not that simple. Them simply coming out and saying that is as big a move as they could possibly really make, realistically. Mm-hmm. It, it is a massive change in the discussion here where it's, it is simply untenable. And I don't know if, if Bobby's trying to stay on to the end of the year to get another ridiculous bonus. Or, or what? But what? what is... Where do the board members think they will be in 12 months' time? I can time? tell you where they think they'll be. Sitting on another heap of money. Yeah. Like Bobby has made them for the past 10, 12 years. He's, he's been consistent. I'll give him that. He's good at what he did he in driving been. sales and expansion of Activision, Activision Blizzard. With that being said, I don't think they have accepted at all the reality of what the situation is. This is, the, yeah, you're right, Jesse. You cannot come back from this if he no. and the rest of the no. management who are involved in this shit are still in any way associated with the company. It's it's not feasible. They need to move them on. And again, like, look, people have been like, just dissolve the company. That's realistically, that isn't going to happen, but the company does need to change. Now, look, we have... We are skipping some other 
salient points that have come up this week. Um, Bobby Ghost wrote a um, a company-wide email from another director. He wrote it was like a really bizarre email that went around defending him, and he wrote it. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, came there were some out some and was like, executives. Oh, that was bad. That was a bad email. Yeah. Like what? Like you wrote it. <laughs> Um, you just used a this female executive shield. Um, who unfortunately I, I don't have a name written down. She was doing the same job, probably a lot better than a lot of the men, uh, men around her, getting paid a lot less. Jenna Hare, I believe. Yes. Jenna Hare. Um, yes, she was uh, recently promoted to co leader of Blizzard alongside uh, Mike, I've forgotten his last name. And again, these are two people doing the exact same job. And Blizzard is currently under a huge amount of scrutiny from California, the state of California, for not doing equal wages and not treating women fairly for doing the same work or even more work as their male counterparts. And as if to drive this point further home, Jen O'Hare was being underpaid in comparison to Mike, who was doing literally the exact same job sorry guys jen jen o'neill oh sorry jen Jen o'neill thank you um but yeah like as if literally it's almost poetic in the sense of like this is exactly what people were talking about this is exactly what people were complaining about while being under the microscope of the california legal legal teams it's gaming industry as a whole Mm. i think people are a lot more aware of i think if look Everyone's always been aware of the uh, just xenophobia, sexism, just all the bullshit within gaming. But in the last few years, it's really coming to light and there have been ramifications. It's been really, really good to see. Based on that alone, like, are, are these board members just living in a bubble? Like, they, they must yes. be. They must not see no, 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 any outside noise at all. They are fine. I just, I don't understand this. I don't want to understand this, to be honest. But then we've also had, um, and again, we're, we're skipping over some of this stuff. Uh, I believe there was some death threats made. Um, there's multiple, multiple people within Activision slash Blizzard's uh, subsidiaries have been accused of, of various abuses. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of it apparently is look bobby either knows of it or i fucking hate that his name's bobby because it sounds so friendly is his name robert yeah robert. i hate seeing the word bobby and this little fucking troll this little goosebumps book cover of a man trotting around naming him bobby he's either grossly incompetent because he doesn't know what's happening to his workers or he is an absolute monster who's been covering it up. I'm going to let you in on a little look, secret. B- it's definitely that second one. <laughs> we have evidence look, of think, this. This is not a secret. I think, like, more of it will come to light, yeah. unfortunately. I I honestly don't think we've heard the worst of it yet. No, no, unfortunately you guys, not. I don't think we're... I think we're just hurtling towards the bottom. We're not there guys, yet. Guys, you know that this is literally the plot of the fantastic TV show Succession? This is, like, literally the plot. Really? Wow. Uh, The CEO being aware of and covering up heinous crimes, sexual harassment, discrimination, murder, that kind of stuff. Awesome. 
Awesome show. <sighs> Terrible I situation. Want, I don't know if that makes him want to watch the show more or less. No, you, yeah, you, I don't. You really, I don't know if I've got the emotional capacity. You, for you it, want to watch the show? It's it's not framed in that way at all. Yeah, I mean, this whole this whole story has just been exhausting. It's gross. Mm. It's just absolutely exhausting. Like you expect something of this magnitude to happen, the people involved with it to be removed pretty quickly. Even if it's just a company saving face, they remove them. They move on and look, let's face it, it happened before. It's not great. But the gaming community often forgets. To be honest, um, you can have a company accused of something really fucked up. They remove certain people. It's 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 all PR, and the majority of people forget and and you know, Far Cry six sells a billion copies. Exactly. Exactly. I think Ubisoft has done that. Yeah. It's fucked, but that's the reality of things. If you if Activision, uh, you know, they're not, they're evil, but they're not dumb, these people. They are dangerously intelligent, mm. which is what makes them so dangerous. Would they not look at other companies and say, hey, they did this, this, and this, and they've been able to sweep this under the rug? They haven't even done that. No. They are just like, nah. They're, what are you going to do about it? They're, they're doubling it's my mind right now. They're doubling down and they're, and, um, they're going on the defensive. There have been a few statements made from various um, chief board members uh, and other, other executives, you know, trying to defend Bobby or trying to condone this Wall Street article and yada, yada. And it is all just PR shit. Do not fool for it. Do not forget and do not forgive until changes are made we want to make sure that people who create the games that we love and appreciate can go to work without fear or hesitation that they might get sexually harassed by their boss or even someone who works under them and they cannot report it because hr doesn't give a shit and hr is just going to sweep it under the rug on behalf of the rest of the company that is entirely unacceptable in any industry any industry at all and we cannot let this go we as consumers have the ability to tell everyone how we feel and you can do this in a number of ways you can take this to twitter and you can post and share articles and stories and everything from people who have experienced this people who are researching this and people who you know even if it is our friend of a friend give them the benefit of the doubt in this situation Okay, these are the people that we need to care for and we need to protect. These are important, intelligent, creative, wonderful individuals who are just trying to provide entertainment for the masses. So do what you can. If you want to boycott them, then boycott them. If you do not want to boycott them and you want to support them in other ways, that is absolutely your prerogative and your decision. You do what you feel is right. So long as you make sure that we cannot let this go unanswered. That is the main thing. I, like, Jesse, you and I have a, have a difference in opinions on the boycott. Yeah. And fair enough. Like, I, I totally get it. I absolutely get, you know, at the end of the day, there are people who are just trying to work. They are just trying to make a living. And I appreciate the fact that you are thinking about it in terms of a monetary sense. I personally cannot feel comfortable with giving money to a company that is letting this all go as it is yeah and i think it becomes i think like the whole thing is like nuanced but i think it's it, one of the things i think this is the first time i've seen the gaming community as a whole mm. be like no yeah it doesn't matter how we're gonna go about saying no we're saying this is beyond 
beyond fucked. Yeah. But like I said, look, I think there's going to be more to come yeah. about this, but yeah. Hopefully he he's out of there. Look, if you see Bobby Kotick in the street, tell him to go fuck himself. Cracking. Let's move on to some good head. news though. Yeah. <laughs> like what was that? Uh, oh, that one politician. What was, what was he's the got Australian a, politician? I've completely forgotten Cat- his Catter. name. But yeah, was a. Was it, no, no, it wasn't Bob Catter. No, it was um. Bob Catter's the the uh, let a thousand blossoms bloom. That guy. God, Australian politics. Oh, they're all like, fucked. They're all the course, same man. person. I can't tell them apart. Anyway, good news, Jesse. <laughs> good news. Good so, news. as part of the Xbox 20 anniversary, happy happy birthday, Xbox. Um, they, they, these cheeky motherfuckers dropped the uh, Halo multiplayer on us early. So Halo's coming out what December 8th or so. But we've already had our hands now on the the beta of the multiplayer. Superb, and it's all I can think about. I'm not a Halo person. I played Halo for the first time this year. I've only and I've only finished number one. Mm. This is the most satisfying online multiplayer I have experienced since. And look, we just mentioned them since I first picked up Overwatch. When I first picked up Overwatch, I, I loved it because it was bright, it was fun, and it felt sharp. This feels so arcadey, but so polished. It. Whenever people talk to me about Halo, they talk to me about coming in from high school and playing it online with your mates. Because it was like one of the first big online games. Everyone had an Xbox except for me. Um, <laughs> and you go and play with your mates. I, I always feel like I miss out on that. And I was playing some uh, of the Halo multiplayer with Keelan a few days ago. And I was basically just said, if the experience you felt uh, playing this when you were younger as a teenager with friends is a fraction of how the game's making me feel now. I've, I sadly missed out on such a major gaming moment. It sucks. Sorry, man. But you're, I'm but you're so here now. I'm so happy to have this now, though. <laughs> and that's the thing. I can't properly describe, like, what, like, one single feature that makes feature. I can't even fucking speak now. I'm thinking about Halo. <laughs> one single feature or aspect of the multiplayer that makes it so good. Because it isn't just one you thing. It, yeah, everything it's works. It's a sum. It's everything. Except for the battle pass. But everything works. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll get to the battle pass Keelan. thing. But everything else, like, man. And Jesse, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, the previous Halo games haven't felt like this. That 343 Industries has, has uh, handled. So uh, Halo 4 and Halo 5. The multiplayer games didn't really feel like this. They were trying to go for like a COD type thing in uh, Halo 4. Halo 5 was a bit better, but still it was a little bit, it was different. It just didn't capture that feeling, that energy. Um, and the whole the whole thing about Halo for me is that it is the antithesis to Call of Duty. It isn't you yeah. run into an arena, you frantically scramble around and you use your superior reflex speeds to get get like hyperspeed kills on people, you know? You just reacted before the other person did. No, in Halo, you have an opportunity to respond. So if you are smart and you're uh, canvassing your environment, you can spot an enemy, they'll spot you. And then, especially on those bigger maps, you've got this great deal of ground to cover before you can get close enough to really like do some damage to that person. So it's about what you're doing in that time there. It's about being strategic and using your environment to advantage, understanding your tools and gaining a mastery over your tools as well. 
man, it's like every every combat encounters this little puzzle that you're kind of solving. It's just brilliant, and this multiplayer captures like that, man. It's back. Essentially, for me, and look, there's a bunch of different weapons in in the multiplayer. I don't give a fuck about most of them. I have my assault rifle. I have my pistol. I have my grenades. And it feels like every encounter you have with somebody is like a timed version of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Because you could play any one of those three at any time and your timing has to be right. Yeah. Because you could be like, you could put like five bullets in with the, with the assault rifle, throw a grenade and walk backwards and you put, you may get a kill out of that. Or do you pull out your pistol? Do you use your whole clip? Then pull out your pistol. Do you open with a pistol and then use your clip? And I've been experimenting with it, and you you just start to get into rhythm. And you know what needs to come you next, do. and I'm finding that I'm not awful at it. Mm-hmm. I'm better there than I expected, and I like I like when a game says patting in the head and suggesting you've done the good. The game gives you feedback in a way where you kind of start to intuit what you need to do next in order to get the desired desired outcome. Um, and it's just it's rare that you you kind of get that because everything that we play nowadays is like real twitch you know it's just it's so fast paced twitch.com forward slash story mode aus it's, it's, it's not a um it's a reaction thing not a um a strategy thing and i just i really like that um something i like about it as well is because uh, i have very bad eyesight even with my glasses on so when you play stuff like call of duty when it's just like a little head that pops out of a corner and they snipe you it's like well i i can't see that i just can't do it in Halo, you shoot an enemy and they glow. You know where they are. They are big. These are big, burly silhouettes that you're going after. But that's not saying... And, and, and so, then again, uh, like, if you are that player who gets shot and then you're visible to these other players, if you're smart and you run away and you get into cover and you hide and you're quiet, you go off their radar, radar again and you can re-approach yeah. that combat encounter. It's it's just or great. Better yet, you move out of the way and you, 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 know, you play that rock game of rock, paper, scissors and you win it. I love... There's nothing better in that game when it, you get um, I can't. I think it just comes up as like it says like reversals and like that where you were on the ropes, you were about to die, and you've managed to just play it smart, use the environment a little bit, and you kill that enemy. Then that is such a absolute rush of endorphins. There's a there's a um a, th- a feeling that you get because it takes it it takes effort usually to kill an enemy. It's not a just, ah, oh, I can quickly just point my gun at him and just fire off a few rounds and they'll they'll drop dead. You have to put in some bullets into the guy or you need to soften him up with a grenade or something like that to bring the, um, the shields down. So one of my favorite experiences in this game so far is accidentally dropping into a situation where there are two, maybe three <laughs> enemies and all of a sudden you're like, shit, what do I do? But and you're like, grenade, grenade, grenade. you drop a couple grenades, you back up and you start shooting. And before long, you're seeing kill, kill, triple kill. And it all just comes up and you just feel <laughs> like, man, I, I don't get that from other games. And, it's it's weird. And that being said, I think when, when you know, I, I play a little bit, I mentioned that when I die in this game, it never feels like a cheap kill. I never felt like, oh, I was kind of shitty. Every every time I've died in this game has been my fault. Yeah. And it, you always kind of look at the other players like, fuck, well done. Like, that guy is killing everyone with a hammer. I can't use that hammer. I, like, I'm no good with it. Well done, man. Yeah, we... It, it, it's one of those games where if you were in the same room as people you're playing online with, you'd be going around patting each other on the back. It has this really healthy 
feeling community. I don't know what it's like when you put your voice chat on, no but it, it feels healthier. Yeah. I, it's the first one of the first online games I've played where I really feel you feel that moment where the team clicks and you start all going for the objective in the same way. You know that like the ridiculous um what's the what's the game oddball. Yeah. So oddball is a mode where you you pick up a ball. And if, you're, if your team's got the ball, you're scoring points. But if, you, if you're if you holding the ball, you can't shoot. Your team has to protect you. It's like protect the president kind of thing. And when your team starts to click, okay, everyone get around them, protect them. It, it, just, it flows well. And I love like when you're holding the ball, you got your hand out like you're a football player, <laughs> like American football. It's just like dumb fun to it. Even in the loading screen, there were like little jokes. Um, you know, they had like tips and stuff like that. In the loading screen, they got like, titles and one of them is um we obey the laws of thermodynamics whenever i see that i think of the episode of simpsons with um homer and the uh there's like a little contraption that lisa makes it's like lisa in this house we obey the laws of thermodynamics fun uh fun note is that most of those loading screen quotes the main titles are lines from previous halo games that a character has said ah, somewhere, that's cool. uh, somewhere along the line yeah jesse so do, uh, i you go in the game you got no, I, I just wanted to bring up that whole thing because you and I were like, we, we started playing together and we didn't really click until we were in that one match where there was that dude with that hammer and he was he was just nailing us. He was <laughs> yep. destroying us. So we had to band together to bring him down and that just felt, oh man, it felt just incredible. I love it. And like... Like that was probably like sweat on my yeah, palms. Right. We had a really close, we had a few a really close win and a really close mm. loss, and both felt good. Yeah. I I didn't feel like oh that that sucker we lost. I'm like yeah, that was Not fun. Cheap. This feels fun. I don't. It doesn't feel like that awkward competitive nature that games like Apex unfortunately has, or I find it has Warzone stuff like that, where it's just it's more about just a competition. It's more about just getting those yeah. numbers up in your stats. Yeah. And this is about and again, this is the way I'm playing it. I'm just having fun with it. Now, look, we're kind of focusing here on the, on the quick battles. Um, what do you think of the, the big the big map battles? Um, so more, you know, you more like you capture the flag and stuff like that with your vehicles. What do you so think of I that? I had a, a pretty poor time when we played on my PC. The game is surprisingly um, demanding. I played on my work computer because I couldn't be bothered changing out PCs, right? Game is surprisingly demanding, so um, there's that. Um, but it's, uh, it only seems to affect you during uh, those big, big battles because there's so much, I guess, CPU stuff going on at the time. Um, I played a few more games on my good computer, and man, there is something awesome about it. Like when you're engaging in that long-distance gunplay and stuff, it's so easy to pop down and hide. But it's also super easy to get a kill when someone's caught out in the open and you want to go and capitalize on that. Man, there's so many moments where you know everything, like all the, the elements, the vehicles and the weapons, the heavy weapons and the, the abilities that they've introduced for this game as well, sort of collide and you get this big, uh, like a... a, a Cinematic yeah, moment. Or, exactly. Like, when we were playing and the other team got that big tank. Yeah, right. And it's like, okay, the dynamic has shifted here. We are all going for this one and we vehicle. mounted that offense. What it reminds me of is <laughs> Battlefront at its best. So when Star Wars Battlefront is is humming along, and obviously you have, I have my nostalgia for Star Wars kicking in, but you have these massive vehicles, you have people with abilities, and you just have these very dynamic gunfights happening. 
at its best, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Halo does that, but it is in a slightly, slightly different way because it doesn't lean so heavily in in nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But it, it has things like uh, the the hook shot, the grapple shot, whatever the fuck it's called, where you can grapple a flying vehicle, string yourself up to it, and hijack it midair. It is badass. Mm-hmm. It is so damn cool. Um, now, look, I have a few complaints. I have a few complaints. For one, and I know it's beta, but I'm really annoyed how often the music overlaps in the menu screens. That's really, really starting to bug me. Uh, this is more of a me issue. I need to go through the the train weapons training mode because a lot of the, all the other weapons feel shit compared to your standard AR. Drunk. I'm like, well, why do I use them? Strongly recommend you go through that weapon training mode. It's pretty comprehensive. All right, I'll do that. Um, and the battle pass is is messy. And look, uh, three four three have come out and said we get it. This probably wasn't implemented in the way we want it to be, and they've started making some changes. So their major complaint was. Rather than being sort of stat-based, your progression is locked behind challenges. So you have to get, like, you know, 10 headshots, blah, 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 in order to complete a challenge, which would give you points to add to to get to your next level. That's a really shitty way of doing things because I don't want to play like that. I just want to go out and have dumb fun rather than be ticking boxes like, oh, I need to get a headshot with this gun. Um, And they've come out and said, look, that probably isn't the best structure for this, and we can change it going forward. It will take some time. In the meantime, they have rolled out a challenge that just constantly renews. So every two games you play, you get some points. It's still very, very few points. You need like a thousand points to, to upgrade to next level. And I think each one of the challenges is worth about 50. Oh, Jesse, so it, it's, it's every it's still a it's lot. every match you play now. Yeah. Uh, every match, okay, cool. But even even then, it's taking a while. It does. I, it I takes ages. I purchased the battle pass for like 10 bucks, whatever it was. And... Um, if you're not if you're not winning, yeah, I'm only up to like level like three. If or you're four. like shit like me and you're not winning, okay. don't throw me in the bus. You're yet. not. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Shit. Okay, mate. I said like me. Oh. I think I, I th- okay. just one thing I want to I want to bring to light. I guess is the interesting dichotomy I'm finding between the way everyone is talking about Halo's multiplayer versus how everyone is currently talking about Battlefield 2042. The other big first-person shooter, you know, another big brand. Oh, here it is, you know. It looked really cool in its initial trailer. Like, I thought it looked pretty fun. But then, yeah, everyone is tearing it to shreds. And I just yeah, think it's very I think, interesting. I think today I saw a thing where it's now in the bottom-reviewed games in um, on Steam yeah. history. Because, yeah. it, it, because it had such a large player base, obviously that was going to happen if it was no good. But yeah. uh, it, it goes to show, like, that game had... Betas are weird nowadays. Betas yeah. aren't truly betas. Yeah. The multiplayer for Halo right now is technically in beta. However, when the full version comes out, it's not going to change. The full game. The no new modes will be added, and your progression stays. It's not a beta. It is. This is... Basically, advertising for your game. It yes. works. It's effective. Battlefront did this. Sorry, Battlefield, sorry, did this a few months ago with 2042, whatever it is. Um, apparently, don't, don't, have, don't have any year in your game name, maybe. Mm. 2077, 2042. Just let's not do it. Um, Ragnarok 3. <laughs> year 3. Um <laughs> They had this beta, a lot of complaints, like a lot of feedback came out of this. Yeah. And 
it was too late. They couldn't do anything about it. If you're going to do a beta, do a closed beta where you still have time to change a game to actually well, this act is, upon those changes because yeah. games live and die on day mm-hmm. one. Yeah, absolutely. And like this is, again, like a fair, fair point that you've brought up is that it definitely has been... I've seen betas being shifted closer and closer and closer to the actual launch date. And I'm like, that's not the point of a beta. It's to, you know, mm. give everyone a little bit of a tease and a bit of a tickle. Like, ooh, aren't you going to like this one? Because... If something's horrific, like give you a hand job, is it? <laughs> I mean, sometimes. Battle, Battlefield certainly didn't. No, no. Battlefield punched you in the balls instead and ran away. Uh, <laughs> give you a hand job with sandpaper. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. Fool me that once. I feel like. I feel like a lot of developers need to reassess, or rather, sorry, the publishers need to reassess what a beta is meant to do and mm. what it's who it's meant to be for because it isn't meant to be for the players it's meant to be for your developers to catch any bugs that they might have missed during the ordinary qa lead time and go okay this is a game breaking bug like the whole point of having even as a stress test because you can't qa with such Mm. a large audience absolutely and that's a huge thing especially with massively uh, popular games like Battlefield and Halo, it's very hard to stress test your servers beforehand. You can you can try your best, but I know for a fact that like, we're going to run into issues with Final Fantasy XIV when the next expansion comes out. Because, you know, again, this game's seeing an unprecedented growth and it is always hard to get that launch day window right. It always happens. And that's fine. That's fair enough. People kind of expect that now. It's one of those inevitabilities in gaming. But at the very least, I know for a fact that when Final Fantasy XIV, like when Endwalker comes out, it's going to be relatively bug free. Like, I don't think there is going to be much in the way of like any major issues outside of stuff that can't be, you know, like known about that point. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, Thank I, you. I think, especially with with people becoming more and more aware of the term early access, which has only really become a thing in the last few years. Mm. Just if it's going to be early, like. This multiplayer is not a beta. It is an early access. Yeah. We're getting access to it a little bit early. Yeah. Simple. If you're going to have a beta, it needs to come out. You need to give yourself time to to fix the game. You're going to have a Battlefield situation, which sucks because that game looked really interesting when the first trailer was dropped with some gameplay. And then the beta came out. I saw a lot of discourse about this on Twitter. I saw a lot of arguments. Uh, Hashtag skill up was right. You need to know what you... Yeah, it just sucks. But speaking of, I guess, discourse on Twitter, I started to see the previews for Halo Infinite coming out. The solo, the campaign. Mm. And I'm so intrigued by this. So... I have seen... Halo has been, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a standard first-person shooter. It's relatively linear, but then you it opens up every now and then. Cool. It's a, All right. Pretty it's a perfect example of wide linear design. Just big open environments with one single objective, so you can achieve that however you see fit within that sort of wide open area. In Halo Infinite, and there, there are more. There are people who have actually played this, so they're going to have a yes. bit more in depth views here. But what I, I've seen, it is completely, you know, it's completely open world. It looks more like Far Cry. And I'm really intrigued by this angle. I love a good open world game. Um, my biggest fear always being that they're going to feel empty. 
that's the that's the thing I, I keep saying. It's like no, there's there's stuff to do everywhere. It's it's full of life. There are outposts take down. There are um, other soldiers going around, which you can then recruit to come to back to your base to help you get more resources. I'm not quite sure what you use the resources on. Whatever. I saw a really long thread. Um, or oh, sorry, a bit, bit of an article. I can't remember who was part. Maybe it was Gene Park. I'm not quite sure. Compared the whole campaign, they got to play like the first five missions or so to the silent cartographer. When I first started playing Halo, Keelan mentioned the level called the silent cartographer, which is essentially open world. And it felt quite different to everything else in the game. And I really liked it for a game for them to be saying that, Hey, this whole game feels like one of the most legendary levels of Halo. One of the most memorable levels of Halo. Yeah. It's- is a big, big call. I think now they also say there are, there are going to be some areas where it does go back to, you know, Halo regular. But to me, this actually feels a lot like, and again, just from the previews that I'm seeing, like Elden Ring, where it's mass, it's a very big change, the very big open world, but every now and then it's going to go back to the bread and butter, the, what you, exactly what you know and love, or they know that you love. It'll go back to, the, to that every now and then to play it safe. But they're trying something bold here. And I I love it. And I also love the way that you get around rather than, a, you know, a double jumping horse ox. <laughs> your grapple hook is, it's something that they fucked around with for the multiplayer. So you get up to ledges, you get into vehicles. Apparently that is just an invaluable tool to get around this map. You Spider-Man your way around the map. I'm keen. I'm keen so on this. I can answer I, a few of your questions as well, Jesse. The resources are used to upgrade your armor so you can get new abilities. Like you would have seen one where um, in some of the footage you can use the grappling hook against enemies and it electrifies them. It sort of stuns them for a moment. That's one of the upgrades you can get. And you can also uh-huh. use resources to purchase like vehicles and or weapons when you when you sort of take over those outposts. Um, and yeah, you can requisition things for for that. I'm a bit worried about it being Far Cry. Don't want that. Well, but okay, let's let's not say Far Cry Six. Let's say Far Cry Three. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but um, I've heard um, well, that it's it's not that from a few sources. It's not Far Cry. It's more just it's like a hub world as opposed to an open world. If that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. I I have seen some people that were pretty vocal about how much they disliked that preview of Halo that we got. Um, whenever it was, was this last year? Was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah, because remember the game was meant to come out last year. Yeah, and we we got that preview, and people were like, eh, and I saw some people that were pretty aggressively unhappy with that. Yeah, um, very vocal about it, and I have since seen them. I, there were a small handful of them that got the opportunity to play a bit early and they've turned around and gone, this is the best Halo experience I've ever had. Which and that's what I keep seeing. These are hardcore Halo players saying, this is hands down, there has not been discussion, this is hands down the best Halo they've played. And it's it's actually reaching almost like a fever pitch for me where because of the fact that Game Pass is incredible for what it is, I'm oh, probably so gonna. I'm probably gonna play this now. I go. have very little experience with Halo. I played. I think it was ODST, um, the Forge stuff with um, my stepbrothers on the 360, just fucking about with that, and you know, creating all sorts of fun little obstacle courses, whatever. Doing that. I have not played much Halo. I played Halo One on the PC for a bit. 
and that was it. Like that that's that's been as much Halo as I've ever ever read. Alright, Simon, this week, Halo, download it. Let's play Come the multiplayer. On, get into it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get in. Come on. I feel Be like our oddball. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I kinda need to. <laughs> I feel like I kinda need you to. Have to now. Well, bullied you into it. But that's my point. It's like as someone who I, I don't care much for Halo personally. I respect it, don't get me wrong. I understand the sheer weight and gravitas that this franchise holds in the gaming space. And it's making me quite interested. So full credit where it is due here because they have made this game go from one of the biggest concerns of you know this generation this new generation to one of the highlights so far as we can tell this is going to be one of those games that they hold up and saying look delays can be fantastic delays yeah. this is going to be one of those games yes. they put on that, that same ledge because they they have turns around and i like how they also, kind of respected they they sort of they, they fucked up last year. Yeah. What they showed wasn't wasn't what they wanted to show. It didn't do respect to the idea that they had. Uh, I like how you can see photos in the multiplayer. There are photos of what was the grunt's name, Craig. Craig the um, Craig the, the grunt. Brute. There are photos of him around that you shoot and shit like that. The the brute. Yeah, uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. You know, I feel like so. This is just going to be a bit of an odd, odd segue here. Keelan got me into Breaking Bad. And about, I think it was about season three had come out and I still hadn't watched an episode. And Keelan's like, watch this show. You, you will like it. And then I watched season one. So I was behind in everything. I watched season one and Breaking Bad became my personality for a few months. Okay. <laughs> I can see this happening with Halo. Well, I missed the initial hype, be it 15 years ago. I missed that wave, and I'm about to become a hardcore Halo fan for the next few months. I've actually already been online looking for, like, because I've got my figure shelf behind me, like, probably put a good Master Chief up there, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I found a really good figure at the $170. I can't do it. Can't do it. But look, we're going to have a lot more Halo discussion to come in the next few weeks. I mean, we have a bit of a Halo retrospective happening. And then we'll have our thoughts on Halo Infinite when it comes out. December 8th, and I'm very, very excited for it. But with that, let's wrap up so I can go play some Halo Infinite. Uh, if you want to listen to our past episodes and such, good man. We are on Spotify and iTunes and wherever you get your good, pod- you get your good podcasts from. We're, we're also in the place where you get your bad podcasts. What's the difference? So sub- subscribe and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure you check out all the other fan critical podcasts. There's some fantastic movie reviews, TV show reviews, and... Uh, just general entertainment, pop culture, fantastic stuff. Uh, StoryModeGaming.com for all your gaming news. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StoryModeAUS. Keep an eye on those in the next few weeks. We'll have our list for the Story Mode Awards coming out soon. We're also on Twitch, as I mentioned a number of times so far, at StoryModeAUS, where we record these podcasts live every week. We also have a bunch of streaming that happens, and no doubt this week we'll have a little bit of stuff. Of, uh, I'd better call it Far Cry Infinite. There's going to be a Far Cry Infinite because they're making that game goddamn evolving. Oh, fucking Ubisoft. Anyway, <laughs> Halo Infinite. We're going to have some of that. Um, and of course, you can also donate a couple of bucks to us via Patreon. Search for Fan Critical and you'll get access to all sorts of bonus goodies. Yeah. But with that, Simon, Keelan, always a Thanks, pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And everyone at home listening, hope you had fun. You may not even be home. You may be on the bus now. Who knows? 
But I hope you had fun listening. Hope you're having fun with your games. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're madly in love. I don't know. Do what you need to do. But go play some games. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. We should do that as like a, a barbershop trintet. Trinity.